0: Welcome to the Drive Able podcast where we discuss all things about driving and safer community, transport for people with disabilities and medical conditions. If you haven't done so yet, make sure you go back and listen to the last episode, episode 12. That was an awesome episode where we interviewed Dee and heard all about her journey and her story as a carer and a mom of someone with a disability and working with NDIS.
1: Yeah, g'day everybody. This is episode 13 and like every uh episode that we do where we follow on for an interview we are digging deeper and in this one we're digging deeper into the products that Dee described that she used for Leanne but we're also talking about the journey that she's been through as well with NDIS so Ali you ready to do this let's do it
0: driving is something many take for granted but when someone has altered ability then driving or getting out and about in your own car can be challenging. Driving with a disability doesn't mean you have to drive an old clapped-up car with farm-like machinery, and relying on a wheelchair doesn't mean waiting for hours and then being in the back of a maxi-access cab, getting car sick. The Drivable podcast is designed to introduce and explore driving aids for people with disabilities, vehicle modifications, the NDIS, research, medical guidelines, driving techniques, and much, much more. The drivable podcast is to help you be informed and be in control of your own independence so you can experience freedom through driving safely and reliably i'm ali and with me is brad and together we have over 30 years of experience in disability and driving enough of the intros let's get into it
1: okay everybody this is episode 13 and in this episode we're following on from episode 12 where we interviewed Dee. Dee's a carer for Leanne and Leanne's got uh, a brain injury where she was uh, starved of oxygen um, and she talked about the journey that she went through with NDIS and we had so many takeaways. I, I've been in this area for, for 12 years and learning from uh, Dee was amazing. I, I, I took so much away from that interview. Ali, what about yourself? yeah i mean it was
0: that was uh that was awesome um i loved her her passion her dedication um and and i guess that was what i said before in that interview um that was i was really keen to get her out there because in my experience um i really want to highlight those carers and the mums and dads because the passion and dedication i see it all the time with those uh, mums and dads and and as you saw she's like a she's more of a bloody product expert than i am you know and and again um, and again I see that all the time with the carers and the, and the mums because they're so passionate about making sure everything's done right and so they get right into it and they know everything and yeah. and often they're kind of forgotten and um, and you don't even consult them and they're kind of on the side and, and they really need to be front and center of the whole thing as you can see.
1: They, um, they know their children better than anybody else I mean of course they're parents and they live, they live the disability every single day and it's it's not right to um, overlook it by any means. And we really need to get family and carers involved throughout the whole process. That's one massive takeaway that we can all take from this. Um, I'm hoping that some NDIS delegates are listening into this as well. Um, I'm hoping that OTs are listening into this. And I'm hoping that they've listened to episode 12 and really thought about that that impact that it has on on family as well. Yeah, and the, and the wonderful thing about Dee's, I guess, approach is also,
0: that's also why I really wanted to get it out there and even have other mums and carers and dads listen to it because the way she was talking about Um, that you still have to work with those OTs you still have to work with NDIS you know she wasn't writing anybody off and and that's a very important thing to to um to point out because that happens a lot um you know you'll get someone who's had a that that's very common you know you might have a uh, you might not agree with what your OT says so then you just completely write them off and you go what this guy's an idiot he's not listening to me and and it's kind of like well you're working together you know what i mean and you've got to listen to what they've got to say but you may need to push back because you've got to look at um you know you could see she was switched on as to this is who i am this is who my daughter is Mm -hmm. um i'm tuning into your professional opinion but i'm still gonna stand up for you know what i know true um and i just thought the way she played that was amazing and a lot of people um can really pick up on that you know and, and understand that everyone is important um but have that confidence to know, you know, who you are and who your kids are and fight for that.
1: Absolutely. And I think something that she touched on as well is, and you, and you made mention it of it just then as well. If, if you're not getting a good sense from your OT or from someone else that's trying to represent you, then then go and get a, a second opinion from somebody else um, and make sure that you get a quality person helping you through this process who, who maybe has got more knowledge or got more experience in this field? If you're if you're struggling, um, that's yeah. that's a passionate point of mine.
0: Yeah, yeah, and like on that note, actually, the way the way I could say that is it could be just a bit of feeling. Um, do you feel that the people that you're working with, your therapist, mm. your planners, all that, are they on your side? If you feel that they're on your side. Um, and that's kind of like maybe a bit of a gut feel based on little things that they're saying, um, you know, uh, or are they working against you? And if they're on your side, um, keep them on your side, keep them in your corner. Um, but if they're completely just working against you, um, find someone that's on your side, you know, and and is in your corner. That, that's really what it's all about.
1: Yeah. So, so she talked about some specific products and in these podcasts, we've, we're responding to feedback. We're going to dig deeper into these products and, in this one we're going to talk about the uh, Coroni system that she spoke about about the the Turnout seat, the Turny Evo seat that she's got in her car and the Coroni Go wheelchair base. Um, Ellie, you know these products probably better than anybody else. Do you want to describe for people listening into this one maybe haven't tuned into episode 12 yet what the Coroni system is and how it works? Yeah.
0: So, so basically, um, it's a combination of two. And I've kept this photo
1: in the background, as you can yeah. see on purpose. Tune into the YouTube video if you need to see it, right?
0: <laughs> yep. Um, basically, you've got what we call most commonly a swivel seat system. Mm-hmm. So basically, um, what I've found in my in, in my experience, most people have seen some form of swivel seat in their lives but generally they would have seen one in like a camper van um, where the Mm. seat swivels inside um, and you can kind of swivel it to from the driver or the passenger seat. um, And you, you eat your food when you're on site. Right. So whenever we talk about swivel seats, I found from an engineering point of view, people kind of associate that to it Um, and it's effectively a similar kind of function but not swiveling inside, swiveling to the outside and, and actually coming out of the car and as you can see from that photo in the background there you're actually still sitting on the car seat but the car seat is kind of like almost on a cantilever on the outside of the car. Mm. That's that's the that's the swivel seat component on it. That that particular one, there's a couple of brands on the market. Um there's a there's I think four or five different companies around the world that make these swivel seats. This one is a Braunability one. Um it's called Attorney, uh, but they effectively do, you know, it's mm. like, you know, Apple or Android, they've all got their kind of different variations, but they're doing the same kind of function. Then um, where the Brawnability one in particular has a bit of a unique edge um, is they've, they work. So the background with that is they're actually um, owned by the same company that owns um, Permobil. Um, and so they integrate wheelchair engineers with car engineers together. They, they, they come together and they kind of create a bit of a fusion of a product. And that's what the Coroni is. So the Coroni is, is almost like a wheelchair base that you can click into this swivel seat. And then, um, with a basically with a couple of levers and so on, you can slide this person that's over here um, straight onto a wheelchair base. It locks in, and that car seat um, then becomes the wheelchair, um, and and basically uh, you allows you to do all these different functions. And this this particular version of this brand, the BraunAbility one, it's out of Sweden. Um, and the way the reason why I point that out is because. Um, everybody knows about IKEA, and IKEA is out of Sweden, and this is very much a similar kind of philosophy. So, everything when you when you buy a bed from IKEA, you can interchange everything on it. You can buy different sides, different colors, different legs all to suit your needs and suit your wants and your desires. And these guys have that same philosophy. So you can have different bases, different wheels, different supports, you name it, can be all completely customized to suit your needs. Um, And that's what Leanne was talking, sorry, um, Dean was talking about her daughter Leanne, um, that that's why this was such a great product because it, only needed that civil seat function at the beginning but as her, her daughter evolves mm-hmm. um this product evolves with them you know and they can have supports they can change seats they can change bases so yeah it's a, it's a great um product in particular to allow you to evolve um you know into the future so yeah and as an
1: ot we've been involved a lot in that prescription area and making sure that for an ndis point of view that we have considered the seating elements as well um traditionally a car seat doesn't have as many uh components to it as a as a prescribed wheelchair so sometimes we need to think about lateral supports torso supports um thigh supports head supports those type of things as well um the 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 seats that come with this uh system can be built as well. Now, it's not going to have the same level of support as a customised high-level seat in a wheelchair. It hasn't got to that point. But there are elements that can be added to the seat to be able to make it more supportive um, and and have those lateral supports that go underneath the arms uh, and along the torso to make sure that people don't skew sideways um and supports their spine it can have a neck roll it can have a headrest to be able to support the head from tilting from side to side and it can have thigh supports as well we've also done studies as well in regards to the seat base and the cushion that's on the seat base it's a it's a seat cushion and it's it's a harder rebound type of foam um so it's going to last a long time but There's one seat, the the BEV seat, that comes with this that can have an interchangeable memory foam cushion. We can also add another cushion to it, uh, which is memory foam, and it becomes like your bed, so the memory foam layer on top of your bed, and that's been rated as similar to a medium uh, protective cushion, um, which is is quite amazing um, in regards to putting two cushions together on top of the car seat to be able to make it Uh, a really comfy ride and and protect from pressure sores
0: yeah yeah no they're they're very customizable um the one thing i will mention because this is actually something that does come up with therapists and um quite a fair bit um when you're in a car um even even an able-bodied person when they get into a car and they start driving around they are, as soon as you enter the vehicle environment, you're starting to make compromises. Um, and what you have to understand is uh, you're making compromises because you are looking out for your safety, right? So you may make compromises on the way that you interact with the vehicle based on the safety, interaction, safety devices. So, for example, with me, when I drive the car and they've got all those collision warning systems and lane change systems, sometimes it's a bit of a pain, but I'm making a compromise on, on that because I know that's better for my safety in the long term. Um, sometimes you can't have the ideal spec that you need um, for a wheelchair in your vehicle. Um, and unfortunately, that's just, you're going to have to compromise. Um, and you, and that's a, a somewhere where a lot of therapists have a bit of difficulty understanding. We we do try and support a lot around that um, because if they can't get you know 100% of the right supports within that seat, they go, okay, it's no good, and let's try a wheelchair vehicle, or let's try something else. Um, and that may not be the best option because there's more to it than that. And um, yep. and I, I guess I wanted to segue that a little bit because into the next point of what Leanne was uh, D, uh, D was saying about Leanne, a daughter, about the fact of the matter is, with a seat like this, you get to sit inclusively in the car. Massive,
1: um, massive point,
0: huge yeah. point. Yeah. And, and, and it's really interesting because that point I very rarely see highlighted. Um, the people that tend to highlight that the most are the end users and their family members. Mm-hmm. But it's something which doesn't really get flagged by a lot of therapists and a lot of industry. Um, and, and same with NDIS. Let, let's um, put it
1: this way, Ali. Ali, when you, yeah. you're, you're married, when you go driving with your wife in the car, do you put her in the boot? No, no. Do right. you put her in the back row of this car? No. no. Where her. does she sit? Next? Where does she sit? Yeah. Right next to you. And, yeah.
0: And, and there's one, I mean, I'd love to get um, Andrew at some point on as well. Andrew Hewitt, who's one of our clients as well, who's had a swivel seat. And he made this exact point and he said he had a huge falling out or, or big blowout, sorry, with the NDIS over that one simple thing. Cause they couldn't understand. He said, I just want to go with my wife, sit next to her and go for a bloody coffee, you know, and he goes for you guys, um, you don't get that. Cause you just get into the car and do that. But for me, that's like the biggest deal of my whole six, you know, six months, you know, just go and grab a coffee and be able to sit next to her, you know, and, um, but being able to do that, those little things then actually do have, massive financial reward where people aren't seeing that it's down the track, you know, like, like again, what um, I've seen it in firsthand with Leanne, because we've interacted with them with, uh, with D um, you know, Leanne couldn't really communicate too much with people and, and and she was closed off very anxious Um basically not really that useful but now she's a useful person in society she's contributing um and as Leanne said as Dee said she's going to places buying coffees buying food and then that's employing people and paying taxes and it's this whole self-sufficient wheel that's starting to be turned just by virtue of sitting in the front seat yeah (laughs) getting some
1: modifications approved now we are organizing an interview with an OT coming up in the future um, in regards to this. There's been a massive study done uh, over the last couple of years about the social inclusion costs. So we're, we've, um, we've, we're organising it. It's in the background. She said, yes, we've got to pick a date to do this. So look out for that interview where we talk about the, the, the social cost of having modifications approved. And just a little bit of a spoiler alert just to get you motivated for that. Modifications up to one hundred and fifty thousand dollars have been shown to be repaid to the community um, in two years. One hundred and fifty thousand dollars worth of modifications to a vehicle repaid with social inclusion in around two years. That's yeah, that's massive, and that's not yeah, including employment and stuff like that either.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we see that every day. I like to see oh, absolutely the, the, someone when you see them. Um, once they're transporting around and, and, and a little bit more belief and confidence, six months later, 12 months later, they're a completely different person, and they've got people all around them helping all the other people around them. So, it's um, there is that's a huge thing that I um, I really push on that. So, um, yeah,
1: now you guys uh, at mobility engineering, and, and we prescribe it as well wheelchair access, and we touched on this in the last episode as well. What's the yeah. We have NDIS coming back to us regularly when we try to prescribe this Corona system saying, have you considered wheelchair access? We believe wheelchair access is what the client needs. Um, basically asking for us to prove why, why one system is is over the top of another and, and really trying to steer us towards wheelchair accessible vans. Now we're going to get opinionated on this one and, and it's yeah. up, and those opinions are based around experience that we've had with, with clients. And we have to preface this by saying not every client is the same. And I would suggest that I'm prescribing both systems, whether it's a coroni system or a wheelchair access van on, on equal footing, depend on, on the client and the client's needs. The wheelchair accessible van, whether it's a caddy or a Kia or a, or a Volkswagen multivan, they all need to be assessed on on the end use and also the other elements involved in it as well, like transfers, wheelchairs, the needs of the wheelchair, like we were saying earlier, if it's a really high-level wheelchair, we may not be able to recommend a Coroni system. Yeah. Wheelchair accessible vans, like we said, come with compromises. It's 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 not the one fit for everybody. Uh, This is my opinion. With every modification, there's a compromise. And for wheelchair accessible vans, you're sitting in the rear of the van more often than not. There are conversions where you can get through to the front of the van, but they come at significant cost. Redesigned petrol tanks, redesigned exhaust systems, redesigned flooring throughout the entire van really high-level engineering to make sure the car is stable um, because you're cutting through joists across the floor, Um, really high-level modifications at really significant costs. Um, And most of the time, people end up sitting in the second or third row of the car. So that's a compromise. And the other thing is is that you're sitting in a wheelchair and having that wheelchair tied down to the vehicle. Ali, did you want to talk about some of the compromises when we're sitting in a wheelchair compared to a car seat?
0: Yeah, I mean, one thing I'll mention before I get into that um, is one interesting thing I've observed, um, which could be a bit controversial some to, to some of the therapists out there, but I find a lot of therapists um Prefer to prescribe a wheelchair accessible vehicle, which is the cutting of the vehicle out the back for two reasons. One, it's easier for them to fill out the NDIS forms because it's easier to get funding for that. Um, And two, it's pretty much the only product they're familiar with. So they go, you know what? I know this will get through. I know it's going to be funded i've done it before so i'm just going to take that lazy option and easy 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 tick boxes because if you do something like a tourney um as as you heard from Dee's interview you've got to have assessments you've got to fill out forms it takes ages it takes hours um and you know it's not as easy to to, so that's that's something that i've observed um and and i guess i want to challenge the therapists out there that are thinking that um it's not about getting the funding it's about Having the right product for the person, mm-hmm. um, and on that note, even cars where you can, aside from the inclusivity of it, I guess from an engineering point of view, um, I would I would recommend people here to go and look up some videos on how cars are built in factories. Um, cars are built in factories by robots. Um, by super, super high precision robots that are building things down to the micro millimeter. We're talking like, like things that, that down to the precision that humans can't see. Um, and then what we're doing is we're getting this highly, highly sophisticated safety thing which is just all full of complicated materials. Like, like when you look at a, um, a Volkswagen Caddy, for example, and you cut the floor out of that and you put in steel floor you're not actually cutting steel, you're cutting a very, very high complex um, uh, metal that, that's been created um, through through huge amounts of research and development. You're cutting that out with a with a saw, a backyard saw basically, and you're dump, dumping in some standard steel off the, off a, you know, off, off basically off the shelf and you're welding it all in place. Now, what you're doing is you're getting a very, very high-end, high-level robotic, sophisticated item and you're basically you know putting it together with glue and, and and you know putting it together by hand now i'm not trying to say wheelchair accessible vehicles are unsafe like we sell them and we put them together ourselves um but they're definitely not as safe as not cutting up the car because if you go get and you cut so you were saying something about joists before um imagine if you had your um your you had a two-story house and you had the upstairs one of the floors you just Cut the whole floor out and just put a bit of jip in there, um, and just put some other wood underneath and hope for the best. That's sort of what's happening with these um, uh, cut vehicles. You had a vehicle, you had a house that was fully designed, fully engineered. Someone came along and goes, you know what? I don't like the height of this floor. I'm just going to change it, um, and they just get a bunch of mates to do it themselves and just get someone else to come and certify it. Yes, it's going to be safe. It's going to be fine, but. If there's an earthquake we don't actually know what's going to happen um to that house and that's the same thing with this with this car you if you don't if you can't uh, if you can avoid cutting it don't cut it and then on the sitting on the wheelchair same sort of thing. When you are when you are uh, sitting in the car seat of a vehicle, cars have to be uh, um, certified to Australian design rules. They have to be crash tested. Um, go and look up. Just look up uh, crash testing in Australia. Just look up crash testing, and you'll see all these videos of how they do that. Now, if you're sitting in a wheelchair, you then have to have wheelchair secured down. You have to have tie down points. You have to have seat belts, and you are not being tested to the same level of rigorous safety there is a compromise on the safety Mm -hmm. um so people people will say to me things and and it can be confronting sometimes because people will go oh what do you think about this what if i do it this way and i put my child in this seat in this wheelchair um and i my answer to them is how much do you love your kid and what is, what is the safety side of it? First, ask about the safety um, and how much do you care about the safety? And then we can have the conversation rather than how much is this going to cost and will this work with my vehicle and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, look at it from a safety point of view. If I can do that and if I can have them out of that wheelchair, I really have to because I don't want to be cutting cars up if I can avoid it, you know? And that's that's really, I guess, my whole point of that. And and then on top of that, the last thing is when you cut the car up, it's pretty hard to resell it at the end, you know? Okay. Um, and you've lost a lot of money uh, in that whole car. Uh, whereas, like, as you saw with, with D, she's going to take her seat out, she's going to sell her car, probably get pretty good money for that car. Um Put the original now seat with back COVID in. Yep. And all these great people wanting secondhand cars everywhere. Yeah, put it back in um, and then use her attorney into another seat, you know, in another vehicle and um, it's going to cost her hardly anything. Approvals are probably going to be very easy for her because it's probably only going to be a few thousand dollars in switches or switching over um, and away you go, you know, so it's um, it's chalk and cheese and it's a no brainer in terms of what to choose. Um, but as uh, as you say, this always goes down to assessment, the right assessment and, and this is where it is really born. Um, if we're looking at everything, we're talking to everyone, talking to the carer. You've mentioned it many times before, which I think a lot of therapists forget. Part of the assessment is talking to the family. Like mm. that, that they're they're part of the person right and and every one of our interviews is demonstrating that time and time again the family is part of it so if your assessment doesn't include a discussion with the family and their capabilities and you're just looking at the end user you failed that's that's the bottom line you know like it's you got to look at the whole picture
1: Yeah. Uh, Look, there's so many good points that you've made in there as well. There's a couple of things I want to talk from uh, an OT point of view. Sometimes the client needs to be in their wheelchair over a car seat. We need to consider that. So sometimes we can't do anything else other than a wheelchair accessible van. And then it's about trying to find the right access the right elements inside the van. Um, is it a Toyota commuter with a raised roof versus cutting the floor and, and having a uh, access through the back? and we could have a whole nother episode on that and we might do that in the future as well. Um, the, sometimes the person can't sit in a car seat. They just they just can't. They, there's no two ways about it. They, they need to have the specialized wheelchair, to be able to support their needs uh, in regards to the high level seating. But with those high level seating, not all of those elements have been crash tested. And we need to keep that in mind. It's the standard chair that's been crash tested to meet um, ISO standards and with the tie downs. And most of the time that's the base and the standard chair. When you start replacing chairs, those uh, seat backs um, and putting on, on a different seat on the back or a different headrest or a different seat base or a different cushion, then those elements there actually haven't been tested. And the more moving parts on the wheelchair, the more chances that that's got potential to fail uh, in, a, in, a, in a crash.
0: Yeah. 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 It's, it's, um, yeah, it's definitely, uh, if, if you, first of all, as I said before, um, there is many, many situations where you do need to have, um, be transporting in the wheelchair like that. This is not to discount that at all. Um, it's just to understand that if you don't need it, um, or to test it. Um, so actually when we spoke to D also, one point she made was they kept going down to the engineers and, and kept trying different things. Um, I, I personally was involved in a little bit of that with D, um, And I know um, at one stage, they were even looking at an option of transporting whilst lying down right? So the point is, is you look at everything, you know, um, they were looking at all different types of options. And and this was the best one for them, you know, there was no, okay, let's try and sell this, let's try and sell something. It was always look at all of the different ideas and try them out. Um, Because again, one of the things which I've learned, um, I guess, through my own um, career, if you'd like, and I'm sure it's the same with you, um, you learn about the theory of stuff, um, in, I, I learn about the theory of engineering. Um, but when I actually do the practice, there's a bit, bit of a difference a lot of the times, you know, yeah. and it, it would be the same thing with a the therapist. The therapist often, I find they might based on their own knowledge and the theory they've got in their mind, they might write a product off. They'll go, oh, okay, this person's an X, Y, Z disability. And so this product doesn't fit for them based on, you know, my theory. Um, however, If they go and do a trial, they might find this person has got something slightly different that actually can work, you know, Um, and so it's all about, you know, uh, I love that message all about trying and trying all different things and and seeing what works, you know, and not just saying, okay, I just need that van or I just need that, you know, like, it's a bit frustrating because we get so many times people calling and going, I just want a Kia. You know and, and you go but it's not actually what it is you're after a car you're not after a conversion you know um if you want the conversion let's talk about what it is that you need rather than the car you know the car mm-hmm. comes next um and and actually that's one point which um I, I thought was interesting because I haven't heard of that before but it makes sense was how Dee was saying when she went and got the car first I started working against it because they started saying well wait a minute you've got the car so obviously you're going to give us all this stuff and and your your stuff is going to be a bit corrupt because you've got the car first and so but if she did not have the car first and she was going purely for product only she may not have even hit that barrier you know so that's that a
1: really interesting one yeah that's a really interesting one because quite often they use the other argument against us as in um you know if you've if you're trying to choose a car you're biasing it towards a product in this one where they're saying that we're putting products into bias it to the car um so it's it's can be really tricky Uh, you've you've got a lot of passion in this we could hear that in the way that you were talking just then the the biggest thing that we've got to take away from all of this is that trial thing and it happened to me yesterday um and, and in this case, it was the client. The client said, no, I won't be able to do that. However, in the trial process, her world lit up because she actually could see that she could do it. So there's that trial, that, that getting out and having a go at it um, to make sure. And, and just the other day, the other week, the client was adamant that they could do a slide board transfer onto a turnout seat. But through the trial process, we saw that it was not safe and it wasn't safe for the carer and it wasn't safe for her. And there's going to be many elements and many times that she just won't be able to to get out and about. That trial process is vital for everyone involved. And if you can get access to a product, trial it, trial it, trial it, trial it, trial it more, trial a different one, trial a similar one because a little subtle difference in a product can make a massive difference.
0: Yeah, and, and the one thing I guess I will say, this will be putting on my um, mobility engineering hat a little bit. Um, the, the, the companies that are trying to sell stuff, um, you can push them around all you want because they're, they're desperate for a sale, right? So, so if you want to buy their product, say, hey, I'm not going to buy it until you get me to try it. Um, and you'll find how quickly they'll, they'll come to you as quickly as you uh, can say, Hey, you know, so, um, so don't be scared, push them around, push the suppliers around, push the, um, push the converters around, you know, this is get the confidence and say, Hey, I'm not going to buy your swivel seat. I'm not going to buy your wheelchair. I'm not going to buy any of that stuff until you bring me one and I can try it out. And, um, and I know for a fact, from a mobility engineering point of view, if anyone ever challenges us on that, we'll be at your door within a week and we'll say, okay, no worries. Give it a go. Um, because, but, but it's natural, you know, you're going to have people trying to push and say, Oh, this, we think this is better. We've tried it with someone else. Um, but you, you are the consumer at the end of the day. Um, so you can ask for that trial. And if they're not going to do it, go find someone else that will, you know, yeah. um, It's their we, job to, to, we have, to get out there and, and.
1: We have to try and preface this as well. Some people living in rural locations, it's maybe not as easy to get products out there or you have to wait a long time for a product to arrive. So, you know, we see clients in Broken Hill who have to consider traveling to Adelaide to trial a product. And even in Adelaide, we don't have all the products available. We just we just don't. A lot of high-end products are on the East Coast in Sydney or in Melbourne. And we have to converse with product suppliers and, and try to get the best fit without actually having to trial it. So trial is the best. It it opens so many stories and it opens, opens all of that conjecture around, can this person do it or not, or is it the right fit or is it not? But if you can't, then you need to be able to dig really deep with questions with the suppliers and is it going to do this? Is it going to do that? And, and what happens if this happens and what happens if that happens and and do your best to have a virtual trial wherever you possibly can.
0: Or another thing, which, which um, I know Dee's done a lot of as well. And she even mentioned it there. And I've always found the entire industry overwhelmingly supportive is um talking to customers that have already had the thing done. Amazing. Um, yep. You know, I've found so many times when um, I found there is like that story of D saying, if anyone needs any help or anyone wants to try something out or hear their perspective, just let, let them know to contact me. Almost every single one of our customers says that mm-hmm. um, because they've recognized that, I guess the crap they've had to go through to get to where they are. And they've recognized that if they can share that, they'll help their fellow community members. And um, and yeah, like we've had so many times, especially when we were first getting into this, there wasn't that much stuff around. And as you said, in places like um, Adelaide and, and so on, we're trying to get more product out there, but it's not all, it's not all there. Um, maybe you can reach out to someone in the community and you'll find that they'll probably help you and, and you'll probably get much more insight from them than, um, then, you know, maybe an OT or, or even the, or even the, like, like, to be honest, uh, when uh, like that brawn ability seat, we are involved in that seat quite deeply. But when Leanne, uh, sorry, when Dee was talking about it in my mind, I was thinking, man, she knows more than I do. <laughs> and she's, a, uh, you know, she's, she knows bloody everything about this thing, you know, and, um, she and I'm supposed to be the person day. that's selling it.
1: She uses exactly. It you know, day. so,
0: that's right. And that's what we find when we talk to our customers, they've, they've got all the little kinks in the system that we never even knew about, you know? Um, and so they can help you and, and they really can help, uh, share that information. So, so yeah, we love to sort of bring everyone together and that is really in that whole spirit of community as well.
1: There's a couple of more things that she made mention of that I think are really important to discuss. An impact statement. An impact statement from the family yeah. or from the client about what impact is this product going to have on their life to add weight to the argument. I, I found that really insightful, and and she mentioned it quite a few times of how she believes that had an impact on the decision in the end. And it's something that look, I put my hand up. I don't I don't include that very often, or don't ask the client to do it, but. I think I will from now on, I've learned from that about how that impact statement about they've, they've understood what, um, the product is and they, this is their belief of how that how it's going to impact on their life. What opportunities is it going to open up for them? So that's one that I took away from it.
0: Yeah. Well, I think that if you've got something like that, um, how can NDIS uh, argue against you? You know, you're, you've gone through and resulted in how that's that's their mantra, as she said. Their mantra is how you're going to be self-choice. Um, you know, a user chooses in- integrated, and and how we can, how can we impact on the community? Mm-hmm. If you make that statement, that's it. You've you've considered that, and you pretty much should be smooth sailing after that.
1: Well, it's the NDIS. So um, the other thing is. Um, The other thing that she mentioned was the uh, allowances after the product's been installed. And I think we need to touch on that as well. And you, we need to think about that big picture, the big picture beyond the final install and the final trial and where the engineer and so forth say goodbye and go off and and enjoy the world. There's more to it. There's insurance. How much is extra is insurance going to cost you? And, um, Blue badge insurance is out there. Um, Like we said in the last interview, um, no endorsements from blue badge. We just know that they're out there and they specialize in disability insurance, whether it's car modifications, uh, insuring your scooter, insuring your wheelchair against use and so forth. So uh, shout out to them. If you want to go and look them up, blue badge insurance. Um, But what Dee was saying is that the difference between standard car insurance and, Uh, specialty specialty disability insurance for those products, that could be reimbursed um, or paid for by NDIS. So consider that in your future plans. And the other one was that petrol allowance, that allowance to allow her to actually use the product that's been prescribed. Uh, And that's that's one that I wasn't sure on. And uh, she's saying that she's getting a petrol allowance to be able to help leanne get out and about into the community go see these football games and and have her as a as a community participant
0: yeah yeah i i mean yeah she's great the way she's um but her perspective on everything was perfect you know um breaking it down to say okay well if i didn't have a disability this would be the case. But because I've got a disability, here's all the things linked to that. Um, and that's very much justified. And yeah, that, thats I thought that was a great angle.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. Should we wind it up? Let's wind it up. All right, that's it for this episode. Thank you very much for joining us and listening in and uh, listening to us unpack this whole thing. Um, Thanks very much. Make sure you go back and uh, listen to last week's episode, episode 12 with Dee. If you haven't heard, it'll make a lot of what we've talked about make a lot of sense. Um, And also Dee, uh, her contact details will be there. She is a great person and is willing to help everybody out there to help uh, maximize, I guess, the use of NDIS and, and, and the community.
1: So many takeaways. We got uh, a little bit uh, passionate in this uh, breakdown uh, about products and wheelchair accessible versus uh, turnout seats. Um, hopefully you enjoyed it. If you've got feedback for us, please let us know. Uh, we, would, we do respond to feedback, so let us know if you're enjoying it. Let us know if there's any way that you would like to see it improved um, and make sure that you share this uh, episode with people that might find it really interesting. Yeah, thanks very much. As we say in every every episode, whether it's an interview or not, if you have any queries about what you can do or what will work for you, make sure you get in contact with your local ot or mobility dealer and set yourself up with a trial. Trials really do put you in the driver's seat. See you in the next episode. Next time.
0: If you like what you have heard, make sure you like, rate, and subscribe. It makes a massive difference. If you or anyone you know would like to share your story about driving with a disability, make sure you reach out to us through the socials. Just search for us. For more information and the resources mentioned in this episode, then go to the Drivable Podcast on Facebook and tune into the next episode. See you next time.